This story is a classic Norwegian folk tale, and it's dedicated to the one I love, to my wife Rhonda. In desperate times, before we met, she heard this story at Chautauqua from a woman who was a writer. She had a Swedish version of it. Now, Rhonda, on her father's side, the Eklunds, or Eklund in Swedish, uh, which means oak grove, she is mostly Swedish. So, she has a great yearning for the country. We haven't visited it yet. I know Sweden well, and have many Swedish friends. Anyway, she wanted this story. And when I found a Swedish version, it wasn't as she remembered it, but the Norwegian one is fairly close. And it is a classic tale. It is called Prince Lindworm. Now there was once a king, a young king, a handsome young king, and he married a beautiful princess who became his queen and the two of them loved each other with a love that burned like the sun. The two of them were absolutely devoted to each other, and they lived happily. But there was just one thing, one cloud on the horizon, one thing that made the king and the queen unhappy, although they never spoke about it, never mentioned it. But it was that they didn't have any children. They had expected to have children, but no child came. And the queen was very sad about this because she wanted a baby. She wanted a child of her own. And the king, well, he wanted a child too, of course, but he also wanted an heir to his kingdom. Well... One day the queen was wandering around out for a walk, and there was a forest nearby the castle, and she was wandering around there on the outskirts, and she was sad. She was in distress because of this. She didn't like to think about it, but she couldn't help herself, and the tears were, tri were trickling from her eyes down her cheeks. When an old woman came up to her, now she was quite frightful to look at, an old, old woman like a witch, and, well, she was a witch of sorts, but she was a good one. She knew magic, only used it for good. Now she said to the queen, "'What's wrong with you? You're distressed.' What's wrong with you, pretty lady? Well, well, may I be distressed, she said. And why is that? Tell me, maybe I can help. Oh, no, said the queen. There is nothing that you can do to help me. Well, you never know. Try me. Well, I'm the queen of this country here, and... Me and my husband, the king, we, we haven't been blessed with children, and we were both so like a child. Uh, but still, there's, there's nothing that you could do about that. Oh, is that all? said the old woman. Oh, I can soon put that right. If you follow 
my instructions very carefully, then you will have a child. Well, the queen stood there with her eyes wide open in amazement. How? How how could you? Magic, she said. But this is what you have to do, and you must do it exactly, exactly as I tell you. Now, go home and get a drinking vessel that has two handles, and take it out into the garden, and at sunset place it upside down with the mouth on the ground, and leave it there until the next morning at sunrise, and at sunrise go and lift the drinking vessel, and underneath it you will see that there are two roses, one white and one red. Now, if you eat the white rose, you will have a little girl, a little princess. If you eat the red rose, you will have a son, a prince. But whatever you do, under no circumstances must you eat both the roses, because then something very bad will happen. Well, the queen thanked the old woman. She went back to the castle. She found a drinking vessel with two handles. She waited until the sun was setting, and at sunset she went out into the garden and she placed it on the ground with the mouth on the ground as she had been told, upside down. The next morning, at sunrise, she went out to the garden and she picked up that drinking vessel, and underneath it, much to her amazement, she had hoped, oh, she had hoped so much. But it was true, there was two roses, one white, one red. Now the queen had a predicament. Which of the roses to eat? She thought, if I eat the red rose, then the king will be happy. He will have a son and heir to the kingdom. But sons go off to war, and he might be killed, and we would be left alone again. But if I ate the white rose, and had a princess, had a little daughter, well, we'd love her just as much, and she could inherit the crown after her father. But that's the thing, you see. Daughters get married and leave home. You have them for a while, but then they go out into the world and leave you, and will be left alone again. Oh, what, what to do? But in the end she decided to eat the white rose. So she pecked it, and she ate it. And that rose tasted so sweet and so good that all thoughts left her head. All she could think about was how delicious that rose was. What a lovely feeling it was to eat it, to feel it slipping down her throat, the taste in her mouth. So, so good. So good she wanted another one. 
Oh, yes, no matter how much the old woman had told her not to do it, she forgot everything about it, and she picked that red rose, and she ate it too, and it was as sweet as the first, and all thoughts left her head. Well, she went back to the castle, and soon she realised that she was pregnant. Now, the king rode off to war at that time, and she said to him, When you return, I will have a baby. Now, off he went to the wars, and the queen's time came to give birth, and the midwife was in the room with her. Now, she was having twins, but the first twin to be born wasn't human. It was a lindworm, a huge snake-like creature, quite dreadful to look at. And she saw it coming slithering out from under the blankets, and it went across, slithering across the floor and out the door. And she thought that the midwife who was with her hadn't seen it. It was only her that had actually witnessed this. But she thought, I must be in a dream. This cannot be real. And then she was handed a beautiful baby boy. She had a son, and she was so delighted. He was perfect, beautiful in every way. And she loved him very much. And so she put all thoughts of the lindworm out of her mind. But, you know, sometimes she did think about him, and did wonder whether she really gave birth to a lindworm, and, if so, what happened to it. But she always thought it must be a dream. Now the king came home and was presented with his son, and oh, he was so happy. He was absolutely delighted with his son. He doted over him. And the boy grew up to be a fine, handsome young prince. And the king decided that it was time that he went and found himself a bride. He must marry a princess. So... They prepared the royal coach, a beautiful gilded coach that was drawn by four white horses. And the prince, dressed up in his finery, he got into the carriage, and off they rode. And they went off, heading to another kingdom, where he would woo a princess. But when they came to the first crossroads, there in the middle of the road lay a huge lindworm with a massive wide open mouth gaping wide. And it said to the prince, A bride for me before a bride for you. The prince didn't know what he was talking about, but there was a huge lindworm in the middle of the road. They weren't going to tackle that. So the the coachman turned the coach, and they went off by a different road, thinking that they would be able to bypass it. But when they first came to a crossroads, there lay the lindworm in front of them again with a huge, wide-open mouth, saying, A bride for me before a bride for you. Well, the prince returned back to the palace, and told the king and queen about this. 
They couldn't understand. Him and the king stood there quite puzzled. But the queen knew. And then she had to confess and told them what had happened with the two roses and the two children she'd given birth to. The lindworm was the eldest of the two, and so he was demanding to be married first, before the younger brother. Well, there was nothing that they could do about it but try to find a bride. So the king wrote to the king of another kingdom, and asked if he would send his daughter, the princess, to be married to his son. Now, of course, the other kings only knew of the one son. They knew nothing about the lindworm, and the, the old king was made sure he didn't mention that in a letter. So a beautiful princess arrived, and she never met her husband-to-be until she was standing there in front of the priest waiting to get married, and then in came the lindworm, a huge, ugly creature, like a massive snake, but it had arms and a head like a human, and it slithered alongside her, and it rose up swaying next to her, and the two were married. And then, that night, after a wedding banquet, they were brought to the lindworm's chamber, and in the morning, when they went there, there was no sign of the princess, just the lindworm. And they knew that the lindworm must have eaten her during the night. Well, what a terrible thing! How horrible! But then after that, the young prince, the younger brother, he got that carriage prepared again, and he set off with the, the four snow-white horses, and he was going down the road, and he came to the crossroads, and there was the lindworm in front of him, with a huge, wide-open, gaping mouth. And it said, A bride for me before a bride for you. Well, they turned the carriage and they tried going a different route, but again, at the crossroads, there was the lindworm, with the huge, wide mouth open, saying, A bride for me before a bride for you. Well, he had to turn back around and go back to the castle. Now, when they told the king this, I mean, he wasn't very happy, because, well, the lindworm had already eaten one princess, so it was going to be difficult to find another one, if news of this got out, you know. So he wrote to several more kings, including ones in really far distant kingdoms. And one of them agreed. A king from a very far distant land sent his daughter, the princess. How real beauty she was, too but she never met her husband-to-be until she was standing in front of the, the priest, and then the door opened and in slithered the lindworm. It rose up alongside her, swaying slightly. The poor girl was terrified, but quickly the priest married them, and after a choiless banquet they went to the lindworm's chamber and in the morning there was no princess, and they thought he must have eaten her again during the night. Now, 
the young prince set off a third time to try to find a princess for himself. And he headed off down the road in the carriage with the four snow-white horses. But when he came to the first crossroads, there was the lindworm, right across the road with a huge wide mouth, and it said, A bride for me before a bride for you. Well, this time the prince didn't even bother trying to go a different route. He just went straight back to the castle, told his father. Well, his father was really troubled, because he had already made an enemy of two powerful kings, having their daughters eaten by his son, the Lindworm. There was no way any more kings were going to send a princess. So who to find as a bride for this monstrous son of his? Well, he thought about his old shepherd. His old shepherd lived in an old tumbled-down house, and he lived there with his only child, a daughter, who was a rare beauty. So the king went down to the shepherd, and he said, I want your daughter to marry my son, Prince Lindworm, and if you do, if you give me your daughter, I will give you wealth beyond your dreams. I will make you a rich man. But the old shepherd said, No, sire, no thank you. I love my daughter, and I always thought that she would look after me in my old age as well, but I don't want her to be eaten by the lindworm. Well, the king offered him money, and the old man shook his head, and the king threatened him, and the old man shook his head. But eventually, after a lot of pressure from the king, the old man finally agreed to give his daughter to the king to marry to his son, Prince Lindworm. He went in, and with tears in his eyes, he told his daughter what her fate was to be, that she had to go up to the castle the very next day and marry the Lindworm. Well, she burst into tears and ran out of the house. She went walking on the outskirts of the forest, weeping petulously. Poor girl was absolutely terrified and horrified of being eaten by the lindworm. Now, as she walked along there, crying her eyes out, out of a hollow oak tree stepped an old woman, fearful to look at, but kind of heart, the good witch. "'What's wrong with you?' she said. "'Why are you so distressed, pretty lass?' "'Oh, well, may I be distressed,' she said. "'Tomorrow I have to marry the lindworm, and he will eat me alive.' "'Well, maybe I can help you.' "'Oh, you can't help me. How could you?' "'Well, don't be so sure,' she said. "'Now,' I will, I can easily put this right, she said. Now you have to do exactly as I tell you. You have to ask the king for ten shifts made of white linen. Pure snow-white linen shifts. And you have to put 
all those shifts on. You must also ask for a bath of lye. Now, lye is made from uh, tree ashes, and when you mix it with water, it produces a caustic solution, right? So, a bath of lye and a bath of milk and as many whips as a boy can carry. Ask the king for those, and she told the lass what to do. You must tell him to slough a skin when he asks you to cast a shift. You tell him to slough a skin first, and then spread your shift on top of him. And then he will ask you to shed a shift again, and again you must tell him, order him, command him to slough a skin, and then spread your white linen shift on top of the skin. And you must do this nine times until he has no skin left on his body, and he will be a horrible, shapeless mass. And then you must dip the whips in the lye, and you must whip him mercilessly. And then, when you've done that, you must wash him in the bath of milk. And then you must take him to the bed, and you must throw your arms around him, even if it's only for a moment, but you have to do that. Now, the girl was horrified. I mean, the whole process was pretty disgusting and pretty scary. But the thought of having to hug the lindworm that horrible, slimy, scaly creature just made her feel sick. Ugh, she said, that is going to be the hardest thing to do. You must, said the old woman. Your life and your future happiness depends upon this. So the girl went away, feeling a lot more calm now, and a lot more confident. She went up to the castle the next day, and the king ordered that fine robe should be given to her. She asked for ten snow-white shifts made of linen, and they were given to her, and she put the ten of them on. They were so thin that it hardly made a difference to her wearing ten of them. And then she put her robes over the top of it, and she went in to be married to the lindworm. The priest was standing there, looking horrified and shocked and a bit uncomfortable. And then a door opened, and in slithered the lindworm, and it rose up erect next to her, staring at her. Well, the two of them were married, and again there was another choiceless banquet was held. And then they were taken up to the chamber where the lindworm slept and her magnificent robes were taken off, and there she stood in the ten linen shifts, each as white as snow. Cast a shed a shift, said the lindworm. Slough a skin first, she said. What? said the lindworm. No one has dared ever asked me to do such a thing before. I command you do it now, she said. So, with much moaning and wriggling, the lindworm sloughed a skin, peeled off a skin, and this long snake skin lay on the floor in front of them. 
and then the girl took off one of her shifts and spread it over the top of the skin. Shed a shift, said the lindworm. Slough a skin first, she said. No one has ever dared ask me to do such a thing before, he said. I command you to do it now, she said. And so, with much moaning and wriggling again, the lindworm sloughed a skin. It lay on the floor, and she cast a shift over the top of it. Shed a shift, said the lindworm. Slough a skin first, she said. No one has ever dared ask me to do such a thing before, said the lindworm, his eyes rolling. He was starting to get angry now. I command you do it now, said the girl. Well, she was so forceful and commanding that with much moaning and wriggling, the lindworm sloughed a third skin and it lay on top of the shift that covered the other skins. They were being piled up on top of each other now, and again the girl took off a shift and laid it on top of the skin. Now this happened nine times, until after the ninth skin had been sloughed, there was no more skin on the lindworm's body. He was now just a hideous, raw lump of flesh. And the girl dipped the whips in the lie, and she whipped him and whipped him and whipped him mercilessly. And then she took him and washed him in the big bath of milk. And then she took him, still a horrible raw lump, and she cast him onto the bed, and she chomped on the bed with him and wrapped her arms around him. And the moment that she did that, she fell asleep. Now the next morning, the king and some of his advisers came down to the bedchamber, and they dared not look in, but they peeped through the keyhole, and all seemed to be quiet. So they opened the door just slightly and peeped in, and there they saw the beautiful maiden lying asleep on the bed, and in her arms was the most handsomest prince that they had ever seen, even more handsome than his brother, the younger one. Well, the king was amazed, and he went and roused them, and they realized then that through the girl's courage and her bravery, her knowledge, she had broken the spell that was on him, and now he was returned to his rightful form. Now the two of them were married all over again, with guests this time, and a huge banquet was held in their honor, and it was celebrated with great joy great joy and great happiness. Well, after that, the king and the queen, they treated this peasant girl, the shepherd's daughter, just as though she were a princess of royal blood, because they had seen that in her, in her wisdom, her courage and her bravery, she had been able to break the spell that was on their son. And they loved her for that.